choir and our soloist and and uh, you, especially you, for taking part in worship and those perhaps at home who took part this morning or wherever you may be, we uh, are happy that you joined in worship with us. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to 1 Samuel. Please turn to 1 Samuel. And I want to share a message that I've entitled, A Child Dedicated to God. A Child Dedicated to God. And, and I want to walk us kindly through the first three chapters. I'm going to read a about um, some verses for our text, but then I want to be referring and kind of walk you through, and you can take good notes and go back and read just later on, but for the second time, uh, we'll just uh, read some text and go from there. First Samuel, we want to look at chapter 1, verse 11. First Samuel, chapter 1, verse 11. The Bible says, God's Word says, in First Samuel 1, verse 11, then she made a vow, speaking of Hannah. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look, up on, uh, look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Then drop down to verse 26, 26 through 28. Verse 26 says, 1 Samuel 1, And she said, Hannah said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petitions which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. And then, if you will, turn to chapter 3 and look at verse 19 and 20. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for our opportunity to come today and to worship you in song and praise, hymns. And now, Lord, to open your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts and, Lord, be our teacher and guide. And, Father, I pray then at the end of this message that your Holy Spirit will convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment as people turn their hearts to you. Soften their hearts, those who have hard hearts. And, Lord, soften their hearts, and, Lord, that they may trust you as Lord and Savior of their life. Thank you for all that you're going to do in our time together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, God's message to us today begins with really disappointment. And it begins with sorrow. And it begins with grief. In the tribe of Ephraim, there was a man named Elkanah. And Elkanah had two wives. One wife was named Hannah. The other was Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah had no children. In verses 6 and 7, we're told that Peniel uh, became a rival, became an adversary 
to Hannah because the Lord had shut up her womb, had shut up the womb of Hannah, and she wasn't able to have any children. And verse 10 says that Hannah was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed unto the Lord, and she wept with anguish. Hannah just prayed in her heart. Her lips moved, but no, no words came out of her mouth. And the old preacher, Eli, thought that she was drunk. And she said, no, I'm not drunk. And verses 15 through 16 says, no, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman in grief. I'm a woman in sorrow, bitterness of spirit. And so she is an example of what heartbreak is and what hurt is when you have a polygamous marriage. In the Bible, where there's a polygamous relationship, that relationship always is accompanied by hurt and pain and sorrow. It was so in the life of Abraham. We're still under the cursed relationship with Hagar and and Abraham. The bitterness of the Arab world today, the children of Ishmael against the children of Jacob, the children of Israel. Even David himself in that polygamous relationship with Bathsheba. David, his his own children, uh, uh, they, they raped each other and they murdered each other. And so it was in the life of Solomon. If you remember, Solomon in his polygamous relationship, it ruined him. But not only that, it divided his kingdom. And so it is with Elkanah. He had this polygamous relationship and it brought grief and it brought sorrow, especially to Hannah and perhaps to to he and and, um, Peniel also. So don't ever forget this. Remember this, that God made one, one man for one woman and one woman for one man. And when there's a polygamous relationship, when that develops, that will always bring about great sorrow and great grief and great tears. It happens all time. And so first, if you're taking notes, you have the grief of Hannah. But something else, you have the vow of Hannah. That's found in verse 11, chapter 1. Remember what she said? She made a vow. O Lord of hosts, if you'll indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. So Hannah took her grief and she took her grief to the Lord. And that's what we should do also when we're, dis- when we're upset and when we're cast down and when we're burdened and when we're grieved and sorrowful. We need to take our grief to the Lord. She took her grief to the Lord and all of us ought to do that. And she prayed and when she prayed she committed her son to be a Nazarite. There in verse 11. Now when you go through the Bible there's only three full time Nazarites. You had several that took the Nazarite vow, but eventually all of them broke that vow except for three. Those three were Samson and Samuel and John the Baptist. Now, what were the signs of the Nazarite vow? Well, first of all, the first sign was their hair and their beard would be uncut. 
No razor should come upon their head or come upon their face. Number two, they were never to touch strong drink. And number three, they were never to touch anything unclean. And so several took the vow throughout the, throughout the Bible, but only three maintained that vow. But then you had this grief of Hannah, and you had this vow of Hannah, and then you had the presentation of Samuel, her son, to Eli. This is found in verses 26 through 28. We looked at that. See, and the point of this, look at that if you will, verse 26 and 28, chapter, chapter 1. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I'm the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked. Therefore, I will also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. So the point is, the Lord had, has given me my petition. She said, the Lord's given me my petition. Meaning that this child has come from God. This child is a creation from God. My children are a creation from God. Your children are a creation from God. Those children that align the front, they're creations from God. And so, parent, we need to understand that our children, our children are, God, are a God-given remembrance from heaven. God gave us our children to remember Him. To remember Him. God Almighty formed little babies. God Almighty formed their brain. God, God Almighty formed their heart and their soul and their mind. All of it. It's from the generous hands of God that our babies come. And Hannah said, The Lord gives me this child, and this child is a gift from the unseen. This child is from the hands of God. In verse 28, Therefore I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. And so they worship the Lord there. Now notice she used the word lent. Lent. Now lent, without question, really is a poor word to describe what she actually did. We think of, when we use the word lent, is that one day we'll receive it back. That's not what she meant here. What, she, what did she actually do? She irrevocably made, and, and she made a decision never to take him back. Never to take him back. He shall be lent to the Lord all the days of his life. I give him to God. I give to God this life that you first gave me. Now that doesn't mean that she didn't, that it doesn't mean that she abandoned the child. Look at chapter 2, verse 18. Chapter 2, flip there just a minute, verse 18. Notice what she did. Chapter 18. I mean, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 18. Chapter 2, verse 18 says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. She didn't abandon her child by giving him to the Lord. Every year she would carry him a new robe, a new ephod. Think of that. She would walk to the temple and she would 
our tabernacle, she would give him a new robe. A new robe. She demonstrated, verse 19, that's a picture of a mother's prayers, this consistent remembrance. Her hands had had ministry for her child. She loved her child. She cared for her child. She was helpful to her child. I can just see her now, year after year, she carried that little robe to, to Samuel pulling him to the side, speaking to him, sharing with him about the Lord, telling him about the things of God, encouraging him to t- and telling him how he was dedicated to the Lord, just spending time with him year after year after year after she would make that robe, sew that robe, she would take it to him and there she'd spend time and she would talk to him and she would share with him what God would do in his life if he'd just turn his life over to God. She constantly talked to him. And that's why the proverb says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't forget it. Won't forget it, meaning that he'll come back to it as, uh, as an adult if he should drift away. So the point is, the things we've heard about God and the Lord become part of the very soul of a child. And it starts in childhood starts in childhood. It'll become part of, it becomes part of uh, our womanhood or our manhood. We learned that as a child. So this mother, Hannah, she made a little coat year after year, and she, she watched him grow up in the Lord. She didn't abandon him. She gave him completely to the Lord, never to take him back again. So you have the grief of Hannah, the vow of Hannah, the presentation of Hannah, and then you have the call of Hannah. Look, if you will, at chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Let's look at that together. And now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in, in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, in verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And so he ran to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for you called me. And, and the old preacher said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down. And Samuel did not know the Lord. Notice that. He did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And so he rose up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood and called, as he had at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak. For your servant hears. This little boy was ministering in the temple along with Eli, the old preacher, taking care of the lamps there in the house of God. And just prior to those lamps going out, he was getting sleepy, and the Lord called Samuel. And verse 7 says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had knew the word of the Lord. 
So what, what do you think about that? What do you think about Samuel hearing God's voice and God calling him? What do you, what do you think about it? Do you, do you think God can speak to a child? Do, do you think that? you think God can speak to your child? Or does he just speak to adults? Can he speak to a child? spoke to Samuel. spoke to Paisley. Can you speak to a child? I remember when I was maybe nine, eight, nine, ten years old, I remember God speaking to me one night, calling me to salvation. And the whole point is God, God calls and God speaks to children. And I want you to look what happens. Verse 19 through 20. So Samuel grew up in chapter 3, 19. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. So God calls our children. And look what happens. Number five, you take a note. I'm going to close with this. You have the blessing of Samuel there in verses 19 through 20, chapter 3. I want you to think of those babies that were here this morning. I want you to think of all the children that are in this room today. Some are in children's church. Think of the babies that were dedicated, given over, lent, committed to the Lord this morning. Others are in here. Some are in, I mentioned, in the nursery. There's some in preschool. There's some in children's church. There's some in children one and two and three first and second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth grade. And then there's the youth, seventh through twelfth grade. Have you ever wondered how much is wrapped up in all of those little children that were across the front or that are in the church running here and running there and going here and going there? Have you ever wondered how much is wrapped up and all of those children? Who's going to be our preachers tomorrow? It has to be one of those little ones. Who's going to be our Sunday school teachers tomorrow? It has to be one of those little ones. Who's going to be filling the choir loft? It has to be one of those little ones. Who's going to be leading the music, Brother Terry? It has to be one of those little ones. Who's going to be our deacons of our church? It has to be one of those little ones. Who's going to be our legislators, our senators and congressmen? It has to be one of those little ones. Who's going to be our president, our justices? Who's going to be the leader of a bank or a company or an industry? It has to be one of those little ones. You see, our future, listen, is wrapped up in all of those little ones. All those little ones. Now, what a God-given responsibility, parents, we have in keeping them in God's house and in God's Word. And that responsibility is not on them. It's on us as parents. Children love to come to church. I was visiting this week, and a little girl looked up to her mom, and she said, Mom, can, can I go to church tomorrow? And her mom said, yeah, we can go tomorrow. They love to come to church. Children love to be in church. Therefore, when one of these little ones say, Dad 
or mom, I feel that God's speaking to my heart. My advice to you as a parent, whatever you do, never say, well, you're too young. Never say, well, you don't understand. Just say, well, let's go talk to Brother Sammy and, and, and then I'll see if it's simply a step forward in their relationship with him or if they advance to the point to where they can understand sin and what the gospel really is and what it means and baptism and being part of the church. And we'll go from there. But the point is, God still speaks to little children. And when they say, Brother Sammy, I want to be saved, then I can say, listen, I know how you feel. Because God spoke to me one time and told me that I needed to be saved. And so you have the grief of Hannah, the vow of Hannah, the presentation of Hannah, the call of Samuel, and the blessing of Samuel. And so parents, you've been given the most heavenly responsibility of anybody on earth. And that's to raise your children in the love and the admonition of the Lord. You should count it a privilege that God has chosen you to do that. God chose me to be the father of, of Corey and, and Kyle. God's chose you to be the parent of your child. So this morning, I began the message introducing a message with disappointment and sorrow and grief, but it ended quite well. It really did. And so this morning, there's a lovingly heavenly Father that invites you, if you're brokenhearted and you're here this morning and you're sorrowful, He invites you to come to Him like Hannah did and pray from your heart. Pray something like this. I just jotted this down. Lord Jesus, please heal my broken heart. Fill me with the peace and the joy I know can only come from You during this hard time. Walk closely beside me during my journey to healing and recovery that I know it's possible through your power and your power alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God wants to heal your brokenheartedness this morning. You may be a parent, you may be a grandparent who would just like to come and say, Brother Sammy, God's spoken to us. And we're going to make this our church home. We feel God's leading us here to worship and to serve in this community, in this church. He may be asking you to do that. Or you may say, we're going to raise our children here in love and admonition of the Lord in, in, in our home and also in this church. We're coming. And see, the Lord is calling someone this morning who's here or maybe viewing by other means and He's calling your name as He did Samuel. And He's calling you to, to salvation. And when the Lord calls you, He wants you to answer with your life. Give Him your life. He don't want your money. He wants your life. He wants you. He just wants you. And He's made possible. He made things possible for you to, to have riches and glory if you'll just give yourself to Him. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Well, Father, I come to you, and I thank you for speaking to my heart today through this dedication of a child to God. Thank you, Lord, for calling me to salvation. Thank you for my parents, my mom and my dad. 
Lord, who taught me how to be saved, how to know you. God, I pray for every parent here. It's hard being a parent. It really is. But Lord, it could be much easier if we put you first in our life. And so I pray for all parents here this morning, Lord. It's not too late. It's really not. Lord, when we get things worked out in our own personal lives, we'll be able to share with our children and they can see a difference in their life. They'll want the same thing. And so help us as parents, Lord, I pray. Lord, to evaluate our life and where we stand before you today. This may be a time for, for, for moms or dads and moms to come together and pray for their children, pray for their family, kneel down together and pray. Hold each other's hand, Lord, and just pray. And thank you, Lord, for their children and how you've blessed them. And Lord, uh, and encourage them, Father, to be able one day to share with them how they can have salvation. Be that example to their children, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, this morning that you'd be with others who are struggling with other decisions. I pray for those hurting, those that are broken, that they can find peace and let them know that you will heal the brokenhearted if they'll turn to you. Thank you for all that you've done through your Son, Jesus, Lord. And we make this prayer in his name. Amen.